0: All right, welcome back to the Alexander Schmid Podcast. We have here episode 006, Safe Spaces 2, consideration of ancient and modern sources of safe space. And so today we're going to consider a few examples of safe spaces in literature and in uh, art from the modern age. Uh, Aladdin, for instance, from the ancient uh, times, uh, both Greco-Roman and Near Eastern, um, considering Genesis with the Adam and Eve story, and also um, the, the beginning of the Odyssey uh, by Homer from the Greco-Roman tradition as well. And so, well, let's start with this. Last time we talked about safe spaces, we find them as a mental construct projected by an individual onto their surrounding environment in which nobody is allowed to venture an opinion which might cause undue harm or trauma, which could be defined by the victim or the victor, uh, which leads to difficulties. So let's consider the idea of a safe space uh, simply as a restatement of the idea of what Jordan Peterson calls mapped territory. And So what is mapped territory? It's the territory, or rather the thoughts, feelings, and experiences a conscious mind has seen or seen by proxy and is therefore prepared to deal with because there's already a strategy that's been implemented and used before because this experience has a prior correlate. And so, well, uh, in all existence, there's both mapped territory and then what's far larger, unmapped territory. And you can see this in the Lion King, as Peterson says, uh, that which is covered by the light is that which has been seen by the light of society or the light of the mind before and is therefore mapped. But that which exists outside, where the elephant graveyard is, and the collective unconscious is, of course, all that has never been seen. And everybody knows always that there is a much, much vaster store of things that we do not know than things we do know, because we're always coming up with new things, and we'll never run out. New songs, new ideas, new experiences. It's incredible, so that's fairly obvious. So taking the example of Aladdin and Jasmine as an example of... um, mapped territory and how it can be relative to the human experience we observe that the map territory for jasmine is the security of the palace walls she's within a royal court she has a pet tiger defending her she has the entire um strength of the state defending her there so she's fairly safe that's her safe space and so when she goes out into agrabah of which she is actually ruler um, she no longer has the recognition necessary to have the social order keeping her as safe as possible. That's unexplored territory for her and therefore unsafe. And in fact, she will need a hermetic sort of guide through that. Well, let's look at Aladdin. He's a peasant thief. Where is his explored territory? Well, it's the mean streets of Agrabah, and even though the space is objectively dangerous to him, he's chased by guards, he, run, he runs near hot coals, there are swords getting thrown at him everywhere, he has to perilously jump from a, a second-story or third-story window with a not-so-magic carpet to help him survive a landing. Uh, he, he lives a dangerous life that however, is safe in terms of conceptualization with him because he understands that life. So where is the unsafe space or unexplored territory for him? Well, that's the palace. And so something interesting that you notice is that neither Aladdin nor Jasmine are very eager to maintain their current safe spaces or explored territories. Both of them long for something more. What do they long for? The unknown, the the apple and the tree of knowledge you might say they they feel constrained and confined by the space which is perfectly known and uh has no chaotic element no serpent in the grass as it were to uh stir things up and make things new you might say and this is not just a motif from disney as well i mean if you read the odyssey which i teach um the very beginning of the odyssey is about characters or humans overcoming stifling safety for example, Odysseus is on a magical island that grows its own food under the protection of a goddess where he's crying on the beach every day. And you might say, wow, that sounds you know, like a, a perfect getaway. Uh, a man is on a desert, a deserted island where he doesn't have to work, where he has the love of a perfect woman who will never die. That sounds perfect. And the problem is, sort of like it's said in the, by the architect in The Matrix Reloaded, it's too perfect. Nothing new is ever going to happen. Odysseus can't use that which makes him Odysseus in order to uh, uh, live a natural life for him. And what makes him Odysseus? Well, he has an intellect. And what does an intellect do? Well, it longs to add to itself. And in fact, uh, who is it that gets him off that island of the known back into the stormy seas of the unknown well it's athena and what is she she is the same thing that beatrice is in dante's divine comedy she's the symbol of wisdom and the faith that you have to have in the wisdom and so also at the beginning of the odyssey and technically actually the first two books whereas odysseus doesn't really make an appearance until book five is telemachus well how does he represent space that is perfect, or rather safe and completely known. Well, he still lives at home. He still lives at home under the protection of his mother, and he longs to be a hero like his father, or at least to have the strength to deal with the suitors who are trespassing upon his hospitality and his mother's. And in fact, how is it that he is first inspired to go out of um, known space into the unknown? Well... Athena, symbol of wisdom, symbol of intelligence, symbol of the new thought which creates a new situation, which you then map onto the old situation, comes to visit him. And so there it is. And so uh, let's map this situation onto the Adam and Eve story. So what is Eden? Eden is another perfect place where new things never happen. That's why death doesn't enter into it, because what is death? Death is either... death of, is the is the destruction of one situation and creation of a new one whether that be a life or an event and we all know that from just what happens the moment the final out uh or the final strike occurs in a baseball game well boom everybody starts to pour out why the event is over it's died it's on to the next thing and and we see We see that happen over and over again. As a teacher, I see that the moment the bell rings, though I'm the one who dismisses the students. So back to Eden, it's a perfect situation, but well, what happens? New information enters the situation in terms of entropy. You might say that that's the snake and what the snake represents. That piece of information that you do not account for or see, seeing as it is hidden in the grass, which then upsets your vision of reality and adds a new wrinkle to it because you now account for a threat or the existence of some fact that you did not account for before, which then extends your map of reality. And so let's understand this in relation to the safe space. Well, so the notion of safe space is based actually on the larger notion of a society. And the notion of a society is based on the notion of the noble lie in Plato. What is the noble lie? The noble lie is that all people are equal though they entertain individual uh, inequalities. And so how does the noble lie manifest in society? Well, you give all people the right to be equal. You make them all equal as citizens. What does this therefore dismiss? Their individual differences and differences in competencies. Why? Well, because as a society, even though there are people with differing levels and differing sorts of competencies, all of those competencies added together equal e pluribus unum, the one society. And so each person has equal value in that they add their value to the same idea, which is called the state, which is your your society. So what is a safe space? A safe space is an attempt to keep one's ideology or idea of that which exists safe from change. Well, what does that do? That makes the society weaker. Why? Because there are so many differing perspectives and differing competencies within a society, each particular person is responsible for picking his particular apple, acquiring new information and introducing that to the society writ large. What does this do? Well. It increases the store of information the society has. This is, of course, why we teach history and all the sciences and arts that we teach. Um, And what does it do? Well, the more information a society has, and we can see this through the progression of medicine, uh, trust through economic (laughs) systems, and uh, the democratic political system, well, it makes the society safer. So the desire for a safe space actually breaks the social contract and makes the society weaker in order to maintain the weakness of an individual. And so, well, concept dismissed. Please subscribe and keep listening. This has been the Alexander Schmidt Podcast.